Hey there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 192 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. We're coming to you midweek on the night after a difficult night for the Blue Devils. Uh, We will get to that in just a moment. First of all, introductions are in order. I am Jason Evans, your host this week. I am coming to you from Atlanta, GA. And joining me, as always, in Durham, Sam Klein. How's it going, Sam? Ugh, good morning. Yeah, that's about the size of it. And in Washington, D.C., we got Donald Wine. Oh, hey, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. the, yeah, the question is, are the Blue Devils still here? Uh, Duke uh, had a really rough night against NC State. The Wolfpack beat us 88-66. to 66. Uh, amazingly, you know, the crazy thing is coming into this game, like reading on Twitter and, and uh, you know, on the DBR and places, you know, in the forums, it's almost like everyone sort of expected this to happen. I don't think we expected to get beat down this badly, but we sort of expected NC State to play a great game because they always seem to bring it against Duke. The same way they never, ever, ever bring it against North Carolina. They always never. play well against. What? Yeah, it why is, is crazy. Why is that? They it, they also consider North they consider North Carolina their biggest rival, but they only show up when they play Duke. Yeah, Sam, uh, take it for me. You you went to the game. What? No, 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 no. I oh, you didn't I make thought, it there. I I thought about going and then uh, wasn't feeling well last night, so I stayed back in Durham. And oh, thankfully that was the case because that wise been, decision, sir. <laughs> that would have been a yeah. terrible drive home. I think I think in the back of my head I knew what was coming, even if I didn't acknowledge it out loud before the game. I thought Duke was going to win this game and that perhaps they were going to be locked in. They have looked good the last couple games. The shots are starting to fall, and then that that all disappeared against NC State. I think the thing I want to start with is the is the bad shot taking. Duke had um, Duke was taking shots out of rhythm. They were they were driving without a plan. They were getting fronted by NC State in the in the in their driving lanes, which was just preventing them from creating any offense at all. Um, Trey Jones had a had a terrible night shooting the ball, and he's been uh, better recently at that. So I I thought that the kind of offensive progression was coming, and we've we've talked about how Duke needs different guys to step up every night because you know NC State is not one of the worst teams in the ACC. They're they're kind of middle of the pack and. And vying, I think, still for an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. This win, by the way, huge for them. So it's not like it's not like Duke can just cruise through this game. This is not a bad team. And on a night when we needed a couple of guys to step up to make offensive plays, it was really just Vernon Carey who was able to um, to make shots. Duke was able to get him the ball a couple times in the post in spots where he could work it. And and I'd say that was the that was like the lone bright spot on offense was Kerry being able to, to get shots that he wanted and, and get a few offensive rebounds to follow up. But otherwise Duke's offense was, was totally stalled. Cassius Stanley really didn't give them much. Matthew Hurt regressed pretty badly and, and didn't even play 10 minutes in this game. So uh, to me, I think Donald wants to talk about the defense. To me, it's the offensive output, and Duke just not able to to find a good shot and find teammates. That the passing wasn't crisp. They were getting, they were turning the ball over. All of that was on display in PNC Arena. Well, so I, I really wanted to mention before we get. To, you're right. Donald wants to talk about defense and effort. And before we get to that, I wanted to just mention very quickly about our shooting. Uh, last game, 
the Notre Dame game, you guys recall, I talked about Duke being 21 out of 24 on shots at the rim. And we talked about what a great, you know, that's sort of inside of three feet, not counting dunks. Um, and we talked about how great that was, 21 of 24 on shots at the rim. Today, not today, last night, I guess, against NC State, Duke was just 17 of 32 on shots at the rim. Barely. Where, which, is, which is where the efficient shots are supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, we barely hit 50% of our shots when we were right there at the basket. Uh, and and for a team, we've just got to be better than that. Look, you don't have to be 21 of 24. 21 of 24 is a formula for, for you know, winning a game in a blowout. But you got to be better than 50% of your shots at the rim, especially for this Duke team that, you know, is not a team that wants to live outside the three-point line too much. Um, you know, we had 13 turnovers, which isn't a terrible, it's not a great, but it's not a terrible number, but we had only six assists and, uh, we, we just couldn't hit from anywhere, including the free throw line at one point Duke. Oh was yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't mention the, the, the free throw shooting. Yeah. Go ahead. At one it. point Duke was, Duke was five of 17 at one point from the free throw line, five uh, three, of 17. I, I think there was a three of 13 in there at some point as well. Oh, it was, uh, it, it was just atrocious. I mean, look, we couldn't hit anything. We hit we hit four out of seventeen three pointers. Twenty three percent of our three pointers. We ended up hitting forty five percent of our free throws. I I don't care how good you play on defense. If you can't hit a shot, you can't win a game. But we did not play well on defense at all. Donald, talk to me a little about the defensive effort or lack thereof. So every single game, there's two things that I think you have the most control over. You can have bad shooting nights. You can have offensive, you know, lapses, but you can always, always rely on two things, energy and defense. And neither of those were there last night. That's why I think we lost this basketball game. That's why I think everything else fell, you know, fell off the rails is because we didn't have that energy to start. We knew NC state would. And, in a game, there's it's obvious, yes, it's Duke, right? Everyone's going to give us our best shot. But there are games where you know that they're going to give that little extra special energy. And that was prevalent last night before they walked into the gym, and they didn't match it. And on defense, the defense, I mean, we gave up 88 points. Was, I mean, 88 points, that's not Duke defense. And it was because we weren't getting to the ball. Every 50-50 ball seemed to be theirs. Every rebound seemed to be theirs. Every, you know, every time there was a, a shot up, we were going up like we played double overtime on Tuesday night. And NC State looked like they had been off for two weeks. And really, I mean, after the game, Coach K said we weren't competitive. And when he means that, when he says that, I think he's meaning the defense because on defense, we were just not competitive last night. And that fueled a lot of everything else because usually our defense is what fuels our offense. If we have good defense, we're getting out in the break, we have transition, we're making layups. It's that defense that starts that. Last night it wasn't. And NC State really felt like it felt like they were making everything at, at certain points of the game. So that's where I was concerned last night. And that's where, you know, every time our offense, we had a couple of spurts where we would get to within five, you know, get within eight or nine. And then our defense would just fall we, apart We didn't get again. within five. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, okay, five. I'm sorry, eight or nine. We'd get like just under, you know, double digits. And we're like, oh, hey, keep the faith. We're going to make this run and we're going to get back on track. Our defense there was a moment again. There was a moment there because I, I was watching at a, at a bar in my neighborhood. 
there was a moment where Duke made a shot early in the second half to cut the lead probably to something like 13. And mm-hmm. there were a bunch of us in there and we all went, okay, okay. And we, and we started clapping like, 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 let's go. And we all looked around like, oh God, we all did that at the same time. We're such nerds. Like, yeah, it was, and then, yeah, awesome. so that's a good point. There was that, that exact thing you were talking about. They took a timeout. I think we got to 11. They took a timeout and I was at a, a birthday party for uh, a friend of mine from Duke and we're all doing the same thing. We're like, all right. We're within 11. We're going to get this down to like, if we get this down to like six or seven by the next we'll get the, Yeah, exactly. We're you know, we, we, we just make a couple more before the next, and, before and the then next they start to panic. timeout. And then, right. and, and then, then, and then, then goes, oh, oh, yeah. 30 yeah. seconds later, we were down 24. We were, and I'm we're like, down what? 24? What happened? That's the, the, and it was all for it me. It's like laughable. The defense was, the <laughs> it's like whatever was not there. And that's cosmic, what fueled a lot of it. Whatever, whatever cosmic energy I was sending down the Durham freeway was going to the NC state bench for some reason. It made no sense. So, so I think uh, to me, the interesting thing, what we're talking about here is energy and competitiveness. And the interesting thing to me is coach K clearly knew that that was a problem in the post game press conference. He said, uh, he said of all the maladies, you know, of all the illnesses of all the maladies you can have winning is about the best one. But it's still a malady. And tonight it was a horrible sickness for us. He said NC State knew they needed the game and they got it. He said we were not competitive. Sometimes he said when you've eaten a lot, you aren't as hungry. And our kids have won 22 games. They've won 12 conference games and they weren't able to stay hungry. And I thought that that was incredibly telling on him. You know, winning as a malady and when you've eaten a lot, it's hard to stay hungry. That, to me, sums up what happened in that game as much as anything. And then I just want to really quick uh, harken back to the preview of this game. Um, In the preview, Donald correctly pointed out, Donald said, NC State needs this game. If they're to have postseason NCAA hopes, they need this game. That That was demonstrated from the opening tap. It was, I, it, was I, it was the NC yeah. State players and the NC State fans. Everyone in the arena knew that yes. uh-huh. NC State needed to win this game because the fans were fired up from from the tip off and they never let up the whole game. Yeah. Uh-huh. And 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 I said, well, look, there are several individual things that need to happen. Markel Johnson, who has not shot well this year, only hitting 25% of his threes. I said, Markel Johnson needs to shoot well. He hit five out of six three pointers. I said, DJ Funderburk needs to play Vernon Carey to about a push. He did. Funderburk and Carey both got their points and got their rebounds, but neither one really outplayed the other one all that much. And then I said, and NC State needs one other guy to step up, which is exactly what Devin Daniels did. He stepped up in a big way. He was taking the ball to the basket with reckless abandon, and at least we knew what it would take to beat us. They they did what they needed to beat us. Hey, Sam, let me uh, let me let me get to you really quick. Duke's not looking as good as we were in the advanced metrics. <laughs> yeah, Duke uh, just a couple weeks ago was up at number two in Ken Palm and was arguably the most balanced team, both offensive and defensive efficiencies in the top five this morning. Um, looking at the and and by the way, the efficiency ratings for Duke have been better than the resume all year. That is to say that in the in the numbers. Um, the predictive metrics say that Duke should be, you know, it, it's been around the first, second, third best team in the country. We're currently at number five in Ken Palm after last night's loss. And the efficiency ratings 
most of the year have been better than Duke's resume. So the way that the committee, the committee, of course, takes the metrics into account, but they also look at where are your wins, where are your losses, how good or bad are they, and and how can we compare them to other teams? So they're not looking at as much at like a head-to-head game. So Duke doesn't necessarily get credit for beating Kansas in terms of being seated ahead of Kansas. They get credit for beating Kansas because Kansas is a really good team. Um, the But Duke has suffered some really bad losses this year, especially relative to top competition. So, of course, the home loss to Stephen F. Austin, losing to Clemson, and then now this one against NC State where, yeah, it's on the road and it's to a team that's still in tournament contention but is a little bit further down in the in the rankings and it's a bad loss uh, that that matters to the uh, to the committee that those things kind of stand out for duke duke is now down to number five in ken palm as i said which means that if if, if the if you could say that duke's efficiency metrics are always going to be a little bit higher than its resume this year that's getting worse now so i don't they they don't update the net every day the way that ken palm does um but expect duke duke's um, Duke's resume to sort of drop in the pile. Uh, I don't think this means that Duke is down to a three seed, but it's something to watch out for. Another loss could definitely put Duke on the three line. Uh, the good thing, as we've mentioned before, the good thing is that uh, Duke is still probably on track to be playing in all of the locations that it wants, just given the other teams that are available. But um, but yeah, the, the the efficiency metrics don't look so hot for Duke anymore. We're now behind the you know, behind San Diego State, um, we've been behind Gonzaga or, you know, Gonzaga and, and Kansas and Baylor have been kind of shuffling around at the top. Um, Duke is now firmly behind those teams, almost a full two efficiency points um, behind NC State now. And they're with, uh, with San Diego State. Virginia. You said NC State. Or, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. NC State uh, is in the 40s somewhere in Ken Palm and they just beat Duke by 22 points. Right. And, so, and well, whoops. and really quick. Really quick on that, the thing that the thing that mattered a lot of this game in terms of those advanced metrics was the fact that we lost by 22 points. The fact that we were blown out. I mean, look, if we, it, to be honest, in like Ken Palm, the difference in beating North Carolina by one and losing to them by one is almost the same because they're merely tracking how efficient were you on offense and, and defense. And and we talked about that after the UNC game that yes, this was fun and this is great that Duke won this game, but Duke still dropped in the in the exactly. efficiency ratings after that game. Yeah, but but I, so I was going to point out I was going to point out that this game against NC State for the first time all year, this is Duke losing really badly. This is Duke, you know, every Every type of efficiency, you know, ranking you can have from this game is dreadful for Duke. Um, so, uh, of course, it is it is going to really knock us down. And and yeah, you're you're dead right. I mean, the the argument for a number one seed for Duke may have just gone out the window. You know, barring other teams suddenly collapsing out of nowhere, which doesn't seem likely. It, it, right. That's actually a a good point because the other teams at the top seem so strong. Um, and, and not only now are their, their efficiency numbers are ahead of us and their resumes are pretty far ahead of us now as well, such that any of those teams probably has to take two, not like two NC state type losses to, to drop below Duke. And there just aren't that many opportunities. Two of those teams are, are Gonzaga and San Diego state, which seem miles ahead of their conferences. So maybe they slip up once, but those slip ups are not enough to, to put them behind Duke's resume. Yeah, and the last thing that I'll, I'll add is we've talked about energy, and one thing that Coach K kind of hinted at was heart. 
And he mentioned in his press conference that it's not an Xbox game. This is a human being game. And he mentioned that when you're playing Xbox and he talked about how the kids play the game on Xbox all the time, but it doesn't take into account the human nature of things that NC State needed a win and they had the heart to go out and get one. And we didn't have the heart to battle them for it. And that was what was prevalent. This this loss last night, 22 points, it's the first time a Coach K team has lost, a top 10 Coach K team has lost to an unranked opponent by 20 or more points. In over 40 years, we haven't had this happen. And really what it goes back to is wow. NC, <laughs> NC State had heart last night. They knew what they needed to do. They knew what they needed to do to get it. And they went out and got it. And we couldn't match them with that. And Saturday night, we're playing Virginia Tech, another team who has aspirations to get into the NCAA tournament and need a big win. Who's the big win that is left on their schedule? It's us. If we don't come with a heart and camera on Saturday night, we're going to see a similar result. And that is what is most concerning is we have only a few more days to get it together before Virginia Tech comes calling on Saturday. I'll put the that Ken Palm drop into like into better context. Saturday after the Notre Dame game, Duke was number two in Ken Palm with a, a twenty-seven and a half efficiency margin. Um, one game, one game has dropped Duke down to fifth in the ratings, uh, and and like I said, lost uh, about two points of of efficiency just from the one match. That's a it, this late in the season. That's really telling about about how bad that performance was. We're going to get to that Virginia Tech game and the rest of the action around the ACC in just a second. But first, a quick break. Okay, we're back, and it's time for us to look ahead. Uh, we, are, we are done with that NC State game, putting it in the past. We want to talk about what's coming up for Duke. And um, uh, up first is a weekend matchup against Virginia Tech, a team that we already played earlier this season. Donald, I'll come to you first. Uh, we, uh, you know, Aside from saying Duke has to have heart and energy, which you just said and we all know. And we, you know there was an, a, an abundant display uh, of, of what happens when Duke does not play with energy um, uh, you know, in the NC State game. What else are you looking forward to in this NC State contest? I'm sorry, in this Virginia Can Tech I contest. Can I can I use another buzzword? Physicality, um, because last time that was honestly last time that was one of our better. We played them back in December. It was that week we played Michigan State at on the road at the Breslin Center, and then we went down to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech. And that week we talked about what we needed to bring, and that was physicality to both of those games. And we did that, and we walked out with two at that point two of the best wins of the season. And so to do that on Saturday night again. Virginia Tech's going to come in. They're going to try and punch us in the mouth, and we need to be able to stand and withhold that. I, I'm, I'm using a boxing reference because there's a big boxing match on on Saturday night, Wilder Fury. This is going to be similar to that in the sense that we have to be hard-nosed and play tough basketball to win on Saturday night against Virginia Tech. Our shooting and our offense, I, I think hopefully Wednesday night we put that abysmal performance behind us, and we're going to come out and shoot a lot better. But really, when it comes to our defense, we're going to be physical because they're going to be physical with us on offense. And the, really, the benches need to step up because we're going to have to uh, rotate some guys in and we're going to have to make sure that everybody's fresh. We, it's, I mean, Wednesday to Saturday is not a quick turnaround. We, we think it is, but when it comes to the nature of what Virginia Tech is bringing us, it's not that uh, 
is not going to be that quick of a turnaround or that long of a turnaround. So I'm looking for us to come out from the get-go, camera crazies, be ready. I'm looking for us to come out and they're going to go right at Virginia Tech because they're going to have to do that to match the intensity that they're bringing on and, and really to neutralize that physicality that Virginia Tech likes to bring. And Vernon Carey is going to, I think, need to step up, have a really good game. And Trey Jones is going to have to calm everybody down out there. He has to be the quarterback out there, making sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, but at the same time, making sure everybody remains calm and in the moment of the game and taking what's coming to them. So that's what I'm looking for on Saturday night. And I think if we are able to counteract and neutralize Virginia Tech's physicality, we will have a good chance of winning this ball game and getting back on track. So the thing about Virginia Tech is this is a club that is reeling in a really big way. They have lost six of seven. Um, and the past three games, they've been at home. They lost to Boston College at home in overtime. They beat Pitt, and then they lost to Miami last night in three overtimes. You think Duke's tired. <laughs> Virginia Tech just played a three-overtime game against, against Miami. But this is a Virginia Tech team that just seems like um, you know, early in the season, yes, the victory over them looked good, and they played very well early in the year. I mean, look, uh, Virginia Tech beat Michigan State back in uh, back in Maui or wherever it was that that that, that happened. Um, they, right they before, looked, right before we played both of those teams. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, you know, that was the high point of their season, um, and things have really fallen off the rails lately. For them to be going on the road at at this moment, coming off a you know a frustrating home loss to a bad Miami team in, in three overtimes, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to bring the kind of effort that it would take to beat Duke in Cameron. But you still, you want to, I mean, look, I, I, I want to see Duke just spank them. I mean, big time. We need to make up for the horribleness of this NC State game, game by playing really well against Virginia Tech. Sam, Sam yeah. what's your final word on, on this opponent? What's kind of funny is looking back at the context in which Duke beat Virginia Tech back in Blacksburg, you know, months ago now. As you said, Jason, Virginia Tech was coming off a huge win against Michigan State. They early in the season, they were picked to finish basically at the bottom of the ACC. And that game sort of told us, I I think we said, you know, back in December, oh, wow, maybe the ACC is really good. And Virginia Tech is just, you know, is, is just proving that that perhaps this conference stands up to others. That that didn't really hold up so much. ACC not looking so great. And, and as you noted, Virginia Tech has taken some really tough losses since then. So they're they're higher than bottom of the conference, but but they're still sort of in that lower third-ish of the of the ACC, which which makes them seem really bad given the context of the ACC this season. But as Donald notes, they're still a tough team. I think the interesting thing to see is that we early in the season Virginia Tech was shooting the ball really well and that's not happening so much anymore so one of the things for Duke if you guys remember that game it was much less about the big men for Duke Vernon Carey only played 15 minutes it was it's much more about the guards and being able to guard Virginia Tech their shooting has gotten a lot worse which bodes well for Duke Their, their their offense is now pretty bad so expect Duke to to pressure them a little bit and make them keep taking bad shots hopefully hopefully we see some some air balls from the Virginia Tech guards on Saturday in Cameron and the other thing that I wanted to highlight from that past game is that was one of the games early in the season where Jordan Goldwire started to show us you know the the glimpses of of what a terror he can be on defense so uh 
perhaps this is his opportunity to to have another big game, get some steals, get some runouts, uh, throw some lobs to to guys who can dunk the ball, perhaps, and uh, Duke can recover from this horrible loss on Wednesday night. Hey, really quick, just on Jordan Goldwater before we, because I want to get to the rest of the. ACC, but let me ask you guys, uh, were you at all surprised? I was a little surprised when the starting lineup came out there and Wendell Moore was not starting and Jordan Goldwire was. So it, it sort of felt like before Wendell Moore got hurt, he was ahead of Jordan Goldwire. And then even after he came back, after Goldwire had played really well for several um, games, it still felt like Wendell Moore was was the starter. And and yet, you know, here in this game, uh, he, he went back to being a guy coming off the bench, played 29 minutes. But were you guys surprised that that Jordan Goldwire is still so high up in the r- rotation? No, I think that Coach K uh, loves defense. Likes, he yeah. loves defense, and he has. Seen, I mean, Jordan Goldwire has improved more than almost anyone that I can remember in the last few years. And there have been, admittedly, there have been some guys in this program. I, I think you can point at J- Javin Delorier and say there are guys who haven't really improved who were who were not quite Duke level recruits. They were not five-star guys. And and Goldwire was a lot worse than, than say Javin was or, or Jack White. There are some guys who, who haven't really improved that much in their time at Duke. Goldwire has, and coach K I think is rewarding him for that. And he's saying, look, Goldwire clearly is putting in whatever effort that is necessary to be a, at least ACC level defender. And at times an ACC level offensive player. Gold, I, I think I think we can say that, you know, given the injuries to Moore and Stanley, Goldwire has been the third most important player to this team this season in, you know, you, you can look at it that way. He's definitely one of the starters if, if you need to go top five. And so I'm not surprised that Kay is sticking with him. He's been he's been pretty steady for Duke. You know, all the team were basically bad other than Kerry on Wednesday night. Goldwire's been one of the most consistent here, especially in conference play. Yeah, real quick, I think. Seeing him in the starting lineup, like Sam said, I thought it was more about uh, Coach K wanting to spark our defense, and it wasn't surprising to me. I also will say this, like, you know, everything that Sam said is true. Like, he has not been the offensive liability he was, like, last season when he'd come into the game. And so having him in the starting lineup, like, if he was in the starting lineup last year, we'd be like, oh, my God, what's going on? Nowadays, it's more about, okay, we want to – set the tone on defense and on offense is not going to be four on five. It's going to be Jordan Goldwire is going to work himself into that flow. It it didn't work out last night, but it wasn't something that I felt surprised uh, to see him over anybody in the starting line. Cause at this point, any, we, we have nine or 10 guys who can start at any given time. So uh, that is, again, we don't have a ro- We don't have depth. We have rotation. Um, and, and no, no, so, no, no, no. You, you got it backwards. You got back. We don't have rotation. We have we depth. don't have rotation. We, we have, have depth. depth. Coach but, K will get mad at you. Yeah, yeah. I know. Please, please, coach. <laughs> get, the, get the term, Donald. It's the fist. It's not the. It's the my bad. My bad, coach. <laughs> my bad. Um, but yeah, I, I think when it comes to it, everyone needs to be ready to have their number called. That's what we've learned from this team. And last night it was Jordan Goldwire. Saturday it could be Wendell Moore. All right, so I, I got us distracted for a moment there. We were supposed to be talking about the ACC and the ACC race, Donald. I'm going to come to you on that in a second. Um, because the top of the race is is three teams with three losses. Duke, Louisville, Florida State all have three losses. Uh, essentially, all three of them are tied. Um, now, it's not going to stay that way because Louisville has a game coming up at Florida State. Louisville also, I think Louisville has the toughest road of, of any of these guys left. They, they also play at Virginia. 
Now, Florida State has road games at NC State, at Notre Dame, and at Clemson. Those are not I am sure. Yeah. I am sure they that they will roll over NC State. <laughs> like just like stop write it. it like write it down. <laughs> Florida State Florida State is going to beat NC State by twenty seven points in Raleigh. I'm, well, I, in any I, event, ro- I believe road that games fully. are hard. Road games are usually hard, except for when NC State decides not to. Carolina, start. Carolina won at NC State. Only Duke yeah. is losing at NC State. <laughs> I, I know. All right, so Florida State still have tough tough road games at Notre Dame and Clemson. Thank Duke's you. Tough road, yeah, Duke's tough road game is at Virginia, but but it looks like our schedule is probably the easiest of anybody coming home, although we know Carolina is going to play out of their minds again when they play us. But Donald, you know, look at those three teams. Tell me what you see. Who's playing well? Who's not playing well? Who's going to be the one at the top at the end? Well, before last night, I would have said we were playing the best. And now I don't know today because Louisville just came off a week where they had a terrible week. They lost twice. And Florida State hasn't been playing terrific. I mean, they needed a last-second jumper to win over the weekend. But here's the thing. Here's why I think this is going to be so interesting. Each one of us, Duke has played Louisville once, they lost. They played Florida State once, they won. This is all going to down to a tiebreaker. Again, that last game that you mentioned between Louisville and Florida State is going to be the game, in my opinion, that determines who the one seed will be. Why is the one seed important in the ACC tournament? Because you won't have to face both of the other two. You only have to face one of them. Uh, and then that would be in the final. So that is where all these teams, the, all these three of these teams want to be that guy that watches the other two, you know, fight each other for the chance to play them in the final. Obviously, they, there's a long lot of basketball to get to between now and the final of the ACC tournament. But that's what they're trying to set themselves up for. And really for Duke, we have to hope that Louisville loses one more time to get that one seed because they're going to hold that tiebreaker over us. Uh, by account of us losing to them back in January. So the top three, and also really for the top three, you guys have said it, that they're the, they're the class of the ACC this year. There hasn't been a lot of good basketball played in the ACC. The, the good basketball has really come from these top three teams. So shaping them up to see who is going to be one, two, and three could easily affect everything else in the tournament. And really it's going to affect if those three teams make it to the semis, who has the best path to the final and really all these implications of, you know, national uh, NCAA tournament seedings as well come into play there. So the top three is going to be interesting. Like you said, there's, you know, I think our schedule is probably the weakest of the remaining. We have that looming game in Charlottesville next, next Saturday, but that last game of the year, Louisville at Florida state is going to be the game that I think determines what's going to happen in the ACC tournament. Uh, Donald, that game's on Monday, so Duke fans should. Oh, be... excuse me. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Louisville, fans... I don't know why I thought it's it was the last Louisville game UV... season. Louisville UVA. Louisville plays at Virginia last game. Louisville season. plays at UVA, but yeah, Monday night, okay, yeah. Monday yeah, night, UV uh, Louisville is at Florida State, a game that Duke fans should be watching and very much rooting for Florida State in because that, um, you know, that game. If Louisville loses, they're a game back, and then Duke has the tiebreaker over Florida State. So uh, we should we should all be locked in. I, I thought what was funny is that a couple of weeks ago we were looking at the schedule and saying, all right, Louisville's got like not the worst road. I guess they like they're going to have to lose to Florida State to to get back to tied with Duke. And then they're probably going to have to lose at UVA like there aren't that many other opportunities for them to lose. And boom, they lose to Georgia Tech and Clemson. So um, but Duke returned the favor by 
by getting waxed uh, by NC State. So the the ACC is never it's never quite as predictable, even in a season like this, as you expect it to be. Okay, so uh, that's that's the top. But let's Sam, let's let's have a look at at what comes right after the top three, and that's UVA and NC State, who who are teams that still very much have um, a very good chance, or at least a shot, at making the NCAA tournament. Uh, UVA is ten and five in the conference, which is not bad at all. Um, uh, but their their remaining five games um, are not easy. I mean, Virginia basically is going to be like. 50-50, a toss-up in all their remaining games. They've got three games on the road. Um, their two games at home are against Duke and Louisville. I mean, two really tough games. So, you know, Virginia probably needs to find a way to win another two games at least to to really feel good about their NCAA chances. Then there's NC State, who, thanks to beating Duke, is 8-7. and seven. I think they've got to get to 11-9, and nine, maybe 12-8. and eight. The only way they get to 12-8 and eight is if they either beat Florida State at home or they beat Duke on the road. So if they aren't going to do either of those things, and, and it's not a sure thing that they're going to do either of those, then they've got to win their other remaining games against the middle, which is something NC State has not shown they're really good at. Talk to me about Virginia and NC State. Which of these teams do you think um, you know, has the better shot at making the NCAA tournament? I think UVA is slightly better positioned only because they have more opportunities to get the big win, right? Both of these teams are, are sort of sitting right on the bubble there. Uh, NC State is is 48th in Ken Palm, Virginia's 50. So very similar uh, predictive metrics on these teams. Virginia, I think, slightly higher on the on the actual projections that are coming from the NCAA from the net. But I think because UVA has more shots at the big win, you can put a win against Duke or a win against Louisville at the top of your resume to say, this is it. This is, this is why this team deserves to be in. And then, and NC state more so, you know, is less likely to win the game in Cameron, uh, just given all of, all of the facts, although it's not unheard of. And then both teams really, they're, they're less concerned. I think about their ACC seating than they are because they're going to end up four and five in the ACC, which are pretty similar places to be, I think. What they really care about is maybe getting that extra win in the ACC tournament. So they're going to have to, they're potentially going to play each other at some point in the ACC tournament, or they're going to play Duke, um, given that they're in that, in that four spot. So just given that UVA has, has more opportunities, even if, you know, every one of those games is like they only have a 20 or 25% chance of, of knocking off one of the big guys, they've got the opportunities and NC State doesn't. Uh, doesn't have as many. So I, I see UVA having also more potential to kind of turn things around because I just believe more in their in their system, in their coach. Uh, so give me UVA if you're going to say that there's only going to be four teams in the NCAA tournament, but both could still make it. I don't think they're, I don't think they exclude each other. Uh, they'd have to play, they may have to play in the ACC tournament, but but that's it. They both have opportunities to get good wins. Uh, one other team I want to mention really quickly. And you're going to be like, what? Uh, they've lost three in a row. This is a team that's lost five out of six. They looked great. And then they suddenly started tanking. And that team is Syracuse. But there's a simple reality of the schedule remaining for Syracuse. The, the Syr- Syracuse is currently seven and eight in the ACC. And you may go, okay, write them off. They don't really have a super tough game left on the schedule. I'm going to give you Syracuse's final five games. And you tell me which of these games they're going to lose for sure. They have Georgia Tech at home. They're at Pitt. They have North Carolina at home, they're at BC, and then they're at Miami. 
Yeah, but uh, they have to. But 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 they have to. They have to win a good game. I mean, like, sure, they'll finish the season at what will they be nineteen and twelve then? If they win a game in the ACC tournament, they'll be twenty and twelve, which is like the low end of of teams that are in good conferences making the tournament. I I, I, I don't look, know. If I I'm see just that. saying if 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 they win if they win five in a row. And and I just told you those five games, those are not five unwinnable games. In fact, most of the advanced metrics, most of the predictive metrics say even the road games that Syracuse will be a favorite in or, you know, it toss up, but uh, at least a slight favorite in every single one of those games. They win five in a row and they get to 12 and eight in the ACC. Uh, you're They're going to have a pretty strong case, I think. I, I think now that you said that they're going to lose at home to UNC, that that's just how that's going to work. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. No, UNC is not. UNC is not breaking anybody's season this year. Even I if mean, we've even already if, broke them, so they might as well. Even if return even if Duke, even if Duke loses, even if Duke loses to UNC and Cameron in a couple of weeks, they're still not going to be breaking anybody's season. You know, maybe that maybe that bumps Duke from a two seed to a three seed, but that's not ruining anything. So I, I UNC is so demoralized right now, and and Roy Williams's comments after that that horrible loss to UVA where they lost at the buzzer. Oh, poor guy. It's the only game that doesn't make sense for Syracuse to lose. And that's why I'm picking it. You know, there are a lot of people who have, I've been getting tons of emails and people on the forums have been talking about this, comparing uh, the Carolina season that they're having to Duke's 1995 season um, where, where coach K went out and the team just couldn't win a close game. Every and Carolina has been snake bit. They have lost every close game the same way Duke did that year. The big difference, of course, maybe is, maybe Roy Williams should fake an injury or something. See, I was going to say the big difference in the two seasons is Duke couldn't win those games, at least partially because their leader, because Coach K wasn't around to help the team in practice and in games and things like that. I don't know what Carolina's excuse is because Roy Williams is very much around and it's still not doing any good. They're still losing. He, every he cursed game. the other day and it was, Oh, he dropped a major F bomb. Yeah. It was, it was funny because he, he literally like broke character, like broke the fourth wall and was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I I didn't mean it. I didn't I mean, forgot it. I didn't mean it. <laughs> sorry. Give me, give me a second to, to get back into the, you know, into the mold for yeah. <laughs> to, to be Roy Williams again. <laughs> friggin he always says friggin and one time friggin. he forgot the he forgot the the r and added in, a, a, a u yeah the 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 in, in in practice they're not friggins no, no. they absolutely not they're not dad gummits either well that's going to do it for us here on episode 192 of the duke basketball report podcast this episode not an ex, uh, an explicit one we did not go down to roy williams level and swear <laughs> i think we did, did last, last time, time though Oh, yeah. last time I did. Yeah, I had to mark that yeah, episode. Last as time I had to push explicit. the button. And never, <laughs> and never, never a Mike Shashevsky style uh, curse out. We're not, we're not, we don't, we don't do that around here. Yeah, no, we had no, we had no microphones in the locker room after the NC State game. When I guarantee you, there were f bombs. Oh, it wasn't fun. Them. I am, I am sure it was not. I am sure halftime was not fun, and I am sure that after the game was not fun. Not even a little bit. And, and it was a short bus ride home, but it felt like a long one, I guarantee you. Anyway, that's it for uh, this episode. Donald and Sam, thanks so much for joining me, folks. We'll be back uh, over the weekend, maybe even sooner. We'll see. Who knows what's going to happen with the DBR podcast? you got to always be ready. We're coming at you from all kinds of different angles. It's craziness here. But well, it's, also, it's also nearly NCAA postseason 
time. So yeah, what? We got, oh my god, we have, there's so much to talk about now. There is so much to talk about, and we will be back to talk about it very, very soon. For Donald, for Sam, I am Jason. This was episode 192, Duke Band. Play us out, take us home. <laughs>